Hey everybody, welcome to SG Debrief. This is the podcast where we have a great time listening to episodes of SG1 in order. We discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and the awesome. I'm your host, Kevin, and uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Jeff. Good evening, everybody. And we actually have a guest host this week. Uh, this would be my buddy, Wilson. Wilson, go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, how are you guys doing? This is uh, Wilson. It's my first time. I understand, Wilson, that you've never watched Stargate before. That's not true. I have seen oh. the movie. Well, briefly, it would on TV and I would watch a little bit of it, uh, Stargate, uh, the TV episodes. So I wouldn't say I have never seen it before. All right. Not so blind. Okay. Yeah, so how has everybody's week been? Uh, Jeff, why don't we start with you? Uh, how have you been? Are you over your uh, your yeah. little sickness yet? Yeah, I got over the COVID. I, I can't help but notice that you, you already got a replacement lined up for me. No offense, Wilson. But yeah, doing good. I'm going to live. Glad to hear it. Yes. <laughs> How's your week been, Wilson? What you been up to? Uh, same thing over and over again. You know, I got kids now, so... You know how that is. I know how that is. We all do, as a matter of fact. Uh, I can't help but laugh. Well, good. Glad you guys are doing well. Um, I had a pretty decent week. Jeff had to stay out of work. I, I got a regular cold and I didn't get the COVID, so I had to go into work and uh, wasn't particularly awesome, but it's pretty slow this time of year, but I got through it. So I'll be there on Monday with you, buddy. Yes, uh, in case anybody hasn't deduced yet, Jeff and I work at the same company. Yeah, I'll be there. So, Jeff, did you lose your smell? No, I didn't lose any of that, actually. It was, it felt like a mild cold. There was one day where I was very feverish, very worn down. I had the chills. After that, I just felt like I needed a nap every three hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, and obviously... I don't want to say it wasn't so bad because, you know, it's supposed to be bad and everything, but I I didn't get it as bad as I've heard about. That's good to hear. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Good deal. All right, guys. uh, Should we uh, dive into this episode? Let's jump on in. All right. Well, we got Brief Candle. That is the episode for the week. And I guess I will start with the title. Which it seems like that would make it. Would, it definitely has a play on uh, the plot of what's going on in the episode. But I did a little bit of extra research on this, and it is actually in reference to Shakespeare. No way! Look at you. It is. It is from Macbeth. Yeah, it's funny. And, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and recite a small amount of Shakespeare here. Um, try not to fall asleep. But uh, this is what it's from. Uh, Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time and all of our yesterdays have lighted fools. The way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage. And then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. 
<laughs> I didn't understand a word you said, but it's beautiful, Kevin. It's beautiful. I, you know, it sounds just like Shakespeare to me, and like you said, it's pretty well. It's hard to understand. <laughs> Props for you. You made that sound good. I did my best. <laughs> you did a very good reading. I know. It's it's. I was not in drama in high school. In case anybody's interested. All right. So diving into this episode, brief candle. So we're going to open up on this episode on an alien planet. It is not a forest planet. Uh, a man is speaking to a statue in some sort of a temple. We can see a gate in the background. It activates. SG-1 steps through, scares the hell out of the guy who is speaking to the statue, and he runs away. I didn't see a melt in the room either. I could have missed it. That's But a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. The the malp, uh, they, they, I guess they didn't send it through. I mean, we probably would have seen it. Uh, I'm just saying, that's a pretty ballsy move. Indeed. All right, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Uh, they notice the statue, and Daniel thinks that it might be uh, Greek in origin. Uh, they find uh, a man, the man who uh, was scared to hell, um, hiding behind some of the, the statue there uh, with a very pregnant woman. Very. When I say very pregnant, it looks like she's practically going into labor right now. That's a fair assessment of the situation. You're right on point with that. You want to talk about the set? What do you guys think about the set? I mean, I, I could tell that it, I mean, as he was walking across after they came through the Stargate, It did have a little bit of a hollow sound to it, so I could tell that it was a set. Yep, yep. I mean, they for like, I I believe it was what in the 2000s. I mean, they did a good job, but like compared to what we have now, it's just it's just unbelievable. They they have to do what they had to do, and and to make it look decent, and I it's acceptable. Yeah, but, you know the more. The more you realize this is, you know, audiences pretty bad. Use, yeah, right. <laughs> audiences had to use their imagination quite a bit more. I Absolutely. Mean, you can even go back further than that, Wilson. You could go back to, like, the old episodes of The Twilight Zone. It practically okay. looks like a play in front of a camera. You're That's right. That's right. how bad right. props are. That's right. Now, the special effect, they did a really good job when the, uh, when the gate activated i can see the water coming through i i mean till this day i still think they did a really good job but they probably put most of their money in, into that effect that yep. would be my guess because yeah the guy you know, was fairly new to, do you know how much they had to pay that uh pig to squeal for that sound effect <laughs> that's all i think about now <laughs> yes indeed i i think the set the special effects i mean they did what they could with the sets yep obviously every every set Practically at this point, we got season one of a brand new series, and they probably don't have a huge budget, and they need to make each episode almost look like a different planet. I'm sure that's yep. a challenge. Yep. <laughs> You're right. It just it just really dated the uh, the the episode. Like you can tell right off the bat, like what kind of material they're using, what kind of. Uh, uh, The uh, the intricacies of the the build, you can tell like, oh, that's a 2000 show. Yep. When you watch like when you watch Buffy the Vampire, you know you can tell by the clothing and then things like that. <laughs> you know the clothing, you can't tell if it's from uh from what year, but like the set that really 
you know, gives it a rate. It does, it does kind of date it a little bit. I would agree with that. Yep. They, they, they take it to a certain level and then they just kind of are like, all right, we're going to leave the rest of it to your imagination. Yep. <laughs> so that's what I, what I noticed. So, so go ahead, move on with the plot. All right. Well done, Wilson. So we find the nice fellow with the extremely pregnant woman. She starts to have, starts to give birth. The man asks, you are not Pelops. That's kind of prominent for the episode. Uh, we have no idea what it means at the moment, but moving right along. Uh, Daniel says, no, we're friends. And Pelops is like a bad thing, a good thing. Eh, who knows? Uh, the woman is giving birth and the husband doesn't know what to do. Typical husband. He asks SG-1 for help. SG-1's like, yeah, sure, fine. And then everybody looks at Carter. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that was awesome. As if Carter knows what to do just because she's a woman. Well, that's that sexist. Be- that's sexism right there. That was super sexism. <laughs> There'll be a lot of that. You'll see a lot of that, uh, Wilson. I really do like the confused look on her face. Like, why are you all staring at me? <laughs> yes, that was... I mean, to be fair, she is a doctor. She's a doctor, too. So, Oh, that's not right. She's a scientist. Wait, wait. She's a scientist. Well, we, have, Captain. we got Dr. Jackson as well. Yeah. Everybody looks at Carter. And then she says, don't look at me. And then we got the end of the teaser. That's it. Right there. Who's on board with this episode? <laughs> I am. I mean, I am. Whenever there's a baby being delivered in the beginning, it's like, all right, I'll figure out where this goes. All right. It's got to be an important episode, right? A baby is getting born. Can't be all bad. What about you? You into it, Kev? I don't know. That was... That was extremely short for a teaser compared to the last episode. I noticed that as well. One minute and 40 seconds, as a matter of fact. You timed it. I did. All right. We got exactly one minute and 40 seconds of screen time before we got the title sequence. Yeah, it was a lot shorter than most. A lot shorter. So I'm not really sure if I'm in on this one. I got to be honest. It, It didn't blow my skirt up. Yeah, but you have no idea what's going on. Uh, you kind of want to find out, you know, what's going to happen next. So it well, draws you in a little bit. We always kind of bring this up, Wilson, because, I mean, that's the whole idea of a teaser before the episode is it's like, well, this is a little preview of what you're going to get. Do you want to watch this episode? It's kind of yeah. like it's almost like the the preview, the, pre- you know, a yep. teaser tr- for uh, for a movie, except in a lot shorter form. Yes. Yeah, I, I figure that you guys talk about this all the time because it seems like, you know, are you into it? I don't know. Are you into it? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no, it's okay. I mean, you, you're still going to watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're still going to watch it. It's just like, all right, yeah. how good was that teaser? Did it really <laughs> do it for you? Would you have turned this off back in when they produced this show? <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, it... it, it it got me interested. I don't. I don't know because I. I like Greek mythology. Like, they're trying to. Oh, am I gonna learn a history lesson about some Greek, you know, gods and whatever? But obviously, it didn't turn out that way. But yeah, I would have uh, watched I mean, it. But that's exactly you answered the question. The first thing you said, you're like, yeah, I'm interested. That's all. That was the entire. That was Purpose. the entire idea behind the, the teaser. It's like, all right, it's to get you interested, to get you to start to watch the episode. All right, so we are back from the titles, and 
Daniel is helping to deliver a, a baby. Uh, Daniel uh, is, uh, he, he certainly surprises me. I had no idea he had, he knew how to deliver babies. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he surprised everybody, including himself, because they have that conversation. This is his second baby he's ever delivered. You never cease to amaze me with all your talents. <laughs> I, oh, well, thanks. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate that. And and they name the, the baby after Daniel. They call him Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> hey, yeah. Good for him. He's got to be feeling pretty good about himself. Making his mark across the galaxy. That was pretty funny. So they, uh, after they name their child Daniel, they refer to themselves as the Chosen. Um, SG-1 notices that everybody is extremely uh, young, attractive, and nobody seems to be much past 40 years old. They don't look a day over 40. They don't look a day over 40. It's just like the... Just like, the, uh, just right. like us, guys. Just like us. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, I got news for you. None of them look even close to 40. No, they yeah. don't. They I, don't. I'm pretty sure every one of them, I didn't see somebody that looked older than 25, to be honest. That's the age I was guessing, too. Yeah, 40 was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> so uh, there appears to be kind of like a little bit of a celebration going on in the village. SG-1's like, yeah, that's cool. I, You know, this is a lot nicer than what we usually get when we go to alien planets. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to accept your wonderful graciousness. Yeah, everybody was having a good time. Uh, they're having a good time. They offer O'Neill what looks like a pizza with feathers on it. I'm sure that's delicious. Glad you said it like that because that's exactly what I thought too. Oh my god, it, it looks like white and purple feathers on a pizza. There's no cake involved in that. I'm sorry. That's not cake. That's pizza. And we weren't going to mention the cake until a few minutes from now, but that ain't cake. I don't know if you guys noticed, but when he was chewing on the cake, like it was so dry that he okay. couldn't really deliver his dialogue. I caught that. I was like, that was funny. <laughs> so it probably wasn't very uh, tasty. I'm, I'm saying, thinking Wilson, huh? Yeah, it was very dry for sure. Very like dry, dry pizza. pizza. <laughs> so when they offer him the uh, the pizza with white and purple feathers on it, he tries to share with the rest of SG One, but they say no. It is only for you. Yeah, the females of, of the village are very uh, adamant about that. They are, and that. Um, is kind of a red flag to me. I'd be like, why? Nobody asked why, just saying. Well, O'Neill's already at, uh, acting loopy, so I don't think he's got a control over the situation to begin with. Correct. Uh, we do notice that O'Neill is starting to act a little bit strange. He's kind of hallucinating a little bit, we'll say. No, I would say he was under her spell. You guys missed the, uh, the dancing part, Kevin. Oh, oh, no, no, yes, no, the dancing part. You're right. Yeah, he was starting to sound a little funny when he was eating that pizza cake of his, and then when we get to the dancing, that's when the vision starts to blur. Oh, that's right. Yes, there was a there was a fair amount of dancing, and there was, um, there was some casting of a spell there, but I have a feeling that it wasn't just, you know, the attractive uh, woman in front of O'Neill that caused him to kind of space out a bit. You might be on something. Extra mushrooms in the pizza. That's what it what it was. That's kind of what I was seeing. I was like, yeah, that, that looks like mushrooms to me. You know, she looked all bright and 
like super you know there was like neon effects around her hands and around the her scarves that she was like twirling i would say yeah. that those seemed like shrooms to me o'neill starts to act a little bit of strange uh the villagers bring him to a chair that happens to be kind of right in front of a doorway the woman starts to dance with the scarves in in front of him and uh then they bring him inside and he goes ahead and sleeps with the dancing girl he's kind of very captain kirk of him but very captain kirk but that's it's not really how i saw it we know that the uh the feather pizza had some uh we'll say some drugs in it so i mean if we flip this around, I'm just saying, if if O'Neill happened to be a female and she was a male, that would have been date rape, dude. That was 100% date rape. You're right. <laughs> they uh, yeah. drugged him and then they they bed him. And that's it. I don't yeah. think he regretted it, though. Uh, well, no, I don't think he well, did. <laughs> I mean, she was a very good woman. It is what it is. It is what it is, but I'm just saying it's like you know the double standard. It's yes. so date rape. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right on that one, Kevin. Any other situation, if the roles were reversed in this society, maybe not on that one, but in this society, it would have been a problem. Yeah, keep yeah. the politics out, guys. I'm just right. kidding. Yes. No. No. There's no no politics here. Uh, so uh, when the the sun goes down. Wait, you want to talk about religion instead? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> so the sun goes down, and SG1, um, oh, and all of a sudden everybody collapses when the sun goes down. It's really weird. It was like all of a sudden it goes dark, and then everybody just. Well, just they came. They all came into the tent where O'Neill and Kintia were to go to sleep because it's a normal thing, and O'Neill got all kinds of freaked out. I don't yeah, that's it. That's weird. To share share bedrooms. <laughs> I mean, we're not even talking about a shared bedroom here. We're talking about that's a common room at that point. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, I would have been freaked out as well, and then he kind of hit the floor. <laughs> and I like how he kind of they kept bringing up. It's like, hey, so you know, how, what's up with you just uh, hanging out with this girl? He's, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. He was clearly very embarrassed. Um, <laughs> I mean, if he was, if he actually tried to bed this woman, I think he would have had a, a little more pride, maybe feel a little better about himself when he woke up. But he did not feel well at all. Oh, uh, hungover was the term he used. Yeah, he he didn't even want to talk about it. He's like, well, we're that's something we'll talk about later. It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> maybe later. Never. Maybe later. Wow, yeah, that's true. SG1 came in and found him basically butt naked in the tent. That's it. It's it's a very embarrassing situation. I'm not saying that it was not all, it wasn't, you know, anything to do with him. He was, he was <laughs> but, clearly under the influence of an alien something. We're going to say it's not all his fault. All right, we'll give him a pass on this Captain Kirk behavior. Slight, slight pass. Slight so, pass. morning comes. Um, they, they, by the way, they can't... They can't uh, get anybody else awake at this point when SG-1 comes in and finds O'Neill. Everybody else is sleeping and they cannot wake them up until morning where everybody just seems to wake up. Um, O'Neill wakes up. He feels like he has a massive hangover, but 
he feels like he might be okay. Uh, they asked Daniel and Teo to check out the temple for answers because they really can't think of anything else to do. Wants Carter to ask questions and he douses his head in the fountain. Yeah. That's a pretty big hangover, man. Yeah, that's a big hangover. I'm pretty sure everybody else sees that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember now. Yeah, he, he just kind of crashes next to the fountain while he sends everybody off to He's like, do the work. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I won't lie. I've actually worked with people like that. <laughs> have you, have you guys done that before? Have you guys done that before? I have not done that before. Um, before, I'm going to say, before Jeff, in a company that I have not worked with him, uh, <laughs> I have dealt with people who have had too much to drink the day before and have just parked themselves in a dark corner for a couple hours and tried I to. I can't lie. I've gotten underneath a car after a tough night and just spent the morning there. I guess I have worked with people like that. Oh, no, uh, I haven't done it with you, Kev. <laughs> Glad you corrected that. Yeah. No, I don't know. You might have been at the other place that brief stint, but no, I don't think you were. Yeah. And you certainly wouldn't wear sunglasses to hide it. You know, it's just, you can't walk into work. It's like with your sunglasses. It's like, yeah, I'm hungover. Leave me alone. Terribly professional. I thought it was pretty much understood in the company I worked for at the time. So yeah, O'Neill's hungover. O'Neill's hungover, so (laughs) he's like, hey, go go find some answers. I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) Daniel and Tioka are trying to find out from Alekos. Alekos is our our buddy that they first met. Is that his name? Yes, that is his name. I did. That is the one and only name that I caught, actually. I could not catch it. Well, you caught Kinthia, obviously. Yeah, and Kinthia. Alekos and Kinthia. That's all I got. All right. So Alekos is uh, our buddy that that they all met uh, who had the uh, pregnant wife. And uh, he says that uh, Pelops, who is the the stone statue of the god. And of course, when we say god, we all know what this guy actually was. He was a snakehead, wasn't he? He was a snakehead. He was a ghoul. All right. Dun, dun, dun. That's the secret. The reveal. The reveal. No, I think it was pretty much uh, meant to be pointed out. I mean, a lot of these these, uh, episodes that we're going through here, we find people who are worshipping gods, whether they're new gods or old gods, but they all seem to be pretty well tied to the ghouls. Yep. Understand. But uh, Pelops is the uh, the most recent, and uh, apparently he brought these people here, and he created this giant kind of garden uh, area for them, and that's why their their name is the Chosen because he chose them. What what he also did some interesting things to uh, their life cycle, which um, we will get into later. He's the uh, he would be the big bad guy. He is the giver of days, and as of right now, he's much beloved by these people. Yes, he is. Like most gods. He's the giver of days. So, Teok, being the smart fellow that he is, um, he lets slip that uh, the writing at the bottom of the statue is actually an ancient Gould dialect. (laughs) I like that part. Because Daniel Jackson questions on why you didn't tell him that. And you didn't ask. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, ah, come on, man. That's not an answer. But yeah, that's what he said. True. Saying. 
He didn't ask. You Why didn't would... ask. It's like, all right, Teok, I understood. Why don't you try volunteering that stuff a little bit sooner next time? Yeah, we'll uh, work into that. <laughs> so, yeah, he uh, he finds this hidden writing, and it's actually um, it's a combination. He's able to push a bunch of stuff on the bottom. Uh, this small little tablet appears at the bottom of the statue that they're able to read, and it's also in the same dialect, so not terribly easy to read but they're able to kind of find out a little bit about what's going on in the meantime we go to carter and aleko's uh wife carter finds a shell on the beach and wants to give it to the baby uh deno as a rattle which yeah that's very thoughtful of carter she's like yeah hey it'd make a nice rattle and uh his wife is like oh you can give it to him now and she points to little Danel, and Danel is not a baby anymore. No, he looked to be three or four. That's what I have down here, about three years old. Yeah. And she's like, ah, okay. And the baby? That's, no, that's the baby? And that's, that's very, like, that's the hook. Like, to, for me, I was like, hmm, something's yeah, not right. Cool. Now you yeah. want to know what's going on, right? Well, yeah, so that's the hook. That got me pretty good there. I think I want to find out. Hook than the teaser. Oh yes. So at this point, uh, SG One finds out everyone they thought were years old are actually actually days old. It's almost a, a, a direct correlation. Um, people that they thought were like 20, 25, 30 years old are actually that that old in days instead i still didn't see any 65 day olds in there just saying no no there weren't so i'm still curious on where the old people went yeah they kind of left it open no they no did. old people they didn't touch it on, on it at all i yep. that's tr- very true i wonder yeah and, and it's funny how they got away with that and really think that it was weird <laughs> Like we said, everybody looked right around 25 years old, if not younger, and all of a sudden, there's no 70-day-old people. I guess when everybody looks, you know, attractive and young and everything, you don't really question stuff. You're like, well, these people are doing good. Yeah, that's just just party. It's it's just a constant party here. Yeah, just have a good time, you know? Get some some fruits. Anybody over 30 days old, we just kill in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you depress me. Go to the woods. Right? You can't party anymore. You get hangovers. <laughs> no, it's right. You can't party like you used to. You're going to have to go. Apparently, it got <laughs> too loud for you, old man. Off in the woods. <laughs> uh, anyways. So Daniel thinks that uh, Pelops... The, um, the the god these people think that is so awesome altered their aging so that um, he could actually study how the human race evolves, which actually that, that actually makes sense if they're only living to instead of a hundred years old, they're only living a hundred days or so they could you could study evolution very well at that point. Yep, that's why they uh, they pick mice because they die. the The life cycle is short, you know, for all kinds of experiments. So you know, that, it makes sense. Sweet, and, we're, yeah. we're lab rats. I love it's it. It's not particularly ethical, but it does make <laughs> sense. 
And uh, surprisingly, there's a new movie by uh, M. Night Shyamala. Shyamalama Lama Ding Dong. That's right. <laughs> and and uh, it's the same idea. Spoiler alert, by the way, if anyone's listening. Um, people oh, got in, <laughs> yeah. People got stuck in a, on an uh, on a beach, and they age like a hundred times faster in, on that beach. And uh, it's it's a very similar uh, concept to to the uh, to the episode that we just watched from uh, Stargate. Really cool, Wilson. Yeah, that's uh, it's actually that it's really cool um, for the fact that the last episode that we watched of SG One. Um, they actually copied an episode from original series Star Trek, which was like 30 years ago. No, it oh, wasn't really. Oh, excuse yeah. me. It was 30 years ago when Stargate came out. It was 50 <laughs> years ago when, uh, from f- approximately from now. Well, how many yeah. years ago did you just say? Uh, well, it would have been the, uh, right, yeah, it would have been right around the late 60s. Um, so yeah. It would have been yeah, just okay. over fifty years old. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the truth. Every single story, it's been done over and over and over again. It just, you know, sorry, just bring a new new version of it to a new generation. Yep, yep. Presenting in all new colors. All right, so, so we were at where the pelops are altering these people so that their aging is faster. And they can they can study how uh, the human race evolves. And uh, Daniel thinks that it's a virus. And he thinks he knows how Jack caught it. He thinks he knows how Jack caught it. <laughs> wow, Spoiler Jeff, alert, you can... it wasn't yeah. a feather pizza. <laughs> hey, Jeff, you just couldn't jump. You just couldn't wait. Oh, You've been waiting for that punchline, haven't oh, you? Oh, my good Lord, the... the... The, just the expression and the way Daniel Jackson delivers it, he's embarrassed to even think about it. <laughs> and, of course, O'Neill already feels bad about what happened. This isn't going to help things. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of virus is it, Kevin? Certainly not mentioned in the episode, but it's mentioned in several people who break down the episode that this is basically a SDD. <laughs> <laughs> Let me educate you, Kevin. My wife is in the uh, 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 medical field. They call it STI now. Whoa! S- STD really? has the connotation of a disease that lasts forever, which oh, is not oh. always true. So now everything yeah. is called STI. Infection now. That's right. Uh, sexually transmitted infection. That's that's right. Interesting. Thank you for yep. that, Wilson. Yeah. Well, yes, I didn't. My wife's in the medical field. See, I don't listen to her, so I don't get that. <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> I've been married. Yeah, because I, you think about it, yeah, a lot of them are very curable. Yeah. Okay. STI. So uh, yeah. Well, either way, that doesn't make O'Neill feel any better. Wait a minute. Isn't that a Subaru? <laughs> Uh, yes. No, I'm glad I don't own a Subaru. <laughs> Neither do I. But... O'Neill starts to fall asleep. Tells Carter to head back to Earth and figure it out. And then we get our pig squeal. I had to jump in on that one. Yes, pig squeal. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> I know you can't unhear it now. I hate you for that. Just so you know. <laughs> They got the best pig from the farmer's market. 
made him squeal somehow. That's it. I hope that pickup paid, man. When uh, when they go through the, I will explain to Wilson because right now he thinks that we're freaking out of our minds. Well, uh, when, when they go through the gate and there's there's always this effect and yep. it sounds. I figured that. Okay, it sounds yeah. like a pig squealing. Yeah, I figured that. Okay. Now you can never unhear it either. <laughs> Probably not. I never that, noticed it until you put it up. Neither did I. <laughs> Episode so Ka- one, he brings this up. I'm like, what? Now oh, I really? Yeah. Wow, good for you, Kevin. You you do notice little things like that. I do, and it's really fun to bring them up. Uh, yeah. You know, to a podcast group. All right. So Carter and uh, Doctor Fraser back on uh, Stargate Command, back on Earth. Uh, they are looking at O'Neill's blood, and they find these triangular things in his blood that are latching on to his blood cells. Now, before they even say anything, I immediately think these things look like nanites. That's, whoa, whoa, just, that's where, just me. Where are you getting that information? Have you ever seen a nanite before? I looked at it. All right, so they had a screen up. They had yeah. all of the red blood cells just kind of hanging out on the screen, and they had these little robotic little triangle things latching onto the blood cells. Where are you getting robotic of... from? What's that? Where are you getting robotic from? You don't know that yet. They don't look like natural things. All right. This is, is weird, dude. Talking? I didn't even look up this episode, but I, as soon as I saw that screen, I'm like, those are obviously nanites. Those all are right. like Those are robots attaching themselves. Well, this is by far the first mention of nanites in this entire series, so... That is correct, but I think all of us are big boys, and we have seen lots of sci-fi. It's not like it's the first time nanites have ever been mentioned, ever, in the history of sci-fi. That is a very popular thing, like, uh, Lost in Space. Spider-Man, dude! The one we just watched! It's like, his whole suit is made out of nanites. Yep, yep. All right, I, I, I had to actually bring it up on the screen. I see what you're saying now. I didn't look that closely at the monitor. They, they yeah. don't look natural. You're right. They don't look but, natural. They are I was regular. Yep. And has anybody noticed that that nifty little birthmark that the baby had? Looks oh. a lot like one of these nanites. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Wow. I didn't catch that. You're right. You do know things, Kevin. That was, uh, it's foreshadowing right from the to. beginning. I tried to. I, I mean... Good these job. The, these are the things I noticed. Bunzai, Kev. Bunzai! <laughs> That's awesome. That's right. They keep zooming into the birthmark. I didn't understand it until now, Kevin. Good for you. Craziness. Craziness. The primary reason for the birthmark is to prove that the kid's still the same kid from toddler to... God knows oh. how. That could be. I mean, that, yep. that that it makes sense that they it, needed it, something to prove it. But I'm wondering, they, there had to be something on purpose there. That oh, as far as the mark, yeah, as the shape of the mark, absolutely. Now that you mention it, yeah, dual purpose. Okay, dual purpose. These writers are good. I know. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, so. Um, they're looking at these nanites. They don't know they're nanites yet. They, they call them organisms. They know it's not a virus, but there is some sort of organism in the people and O'Neill that is making them 
age at a substantially quicker rate. It's also much more prominent in O'Neill's blood, somewhere along the lines of he has a hundred times more of these things in him than than uh, natives do. Some good That's cake. Right. Oh wait, we all agreed it wasn't the cake. Sorry, <laughs> it wasn't the cake. I, I I guess they're going with the fact that maybe because he's older and the the these things are uh, going after him more because uh, just because he's past the age that they normally see. I'm not sure what the programming in on that was. So, yeah, we're going to go with because he's older than the pro- the, than the average native. Right. Carter returns to the planet to find a slightly older O'Neill. Slightly. Don't keep your slightly elders older. waiting. Now, here's the funny thing. I don't know if they told... I don't know if they told Richard Dean Anderson to act older as he grows older, but he's he seems to make this turn into, like, a crotchety old man. And he does a great job, actually. I mean, for a second, if you're not really thinking about it, it's not Richard Dean Anderson anymore. It's some no, old... It's an old dude. It's right. like, oh, yeah. That guy is definitely 90 years old, and he's old, and he's cranky. And he's faster. I was gonna say something. Yeah, I don't know if that's on purpose or not. It's like, well, you're still the same age, Jack. You don't have to act act old, even though you are. No, I thought I it was appropriate acting. Like he and the makeup, guys. The makeup. Come on. The makeup that, was good. Yeah. At that time, I I didn't like. I I wasn't like laughing at it. Not not so distracting. From the story, because like like old people makeup is hard to do, and they did a they did a good job. I yeah. think they did it kind of like a minimalist thing. I mean, they they just did kind of whatever they had to do to make him look older. They made his hair look older, gave him some whiskers, some wrinkles. I honestly, I think the acting, like you said, they did minimalist for his, as far as the makeup and everything, and his acting really made that work. Yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. I well, well, you know how. However you want to say it, like, you know, even though he's just a TV, you know, star, but he, he did a good, he did. And I mean, some of the lines that he says when he's like an old dude, they're pretty great. Don't keep your elders waiting. I know, right? (laughs) Things like that. (laughs) Like, come on, dude. Cracking jokes, you know? He's still still cracking jokes. Exactly. All we right, got, we have to find out. We have to find out who's the writer for you know how many writer was on 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 this episode. I mean not not, not the episode but the series. Hi everybody, future Kevin here. Uh, I thought it might be kind of important to discuss exactly what the writing situation was in Stargate SG One. Although SG One employed freelance writers, most of the two hundred and fourteen SG One episodes were written by Brad Wright. Jonathan Glasner, Catherine Powers, Robert C. Cooper, Peter DeLuise, Joseph Malozzi, Paul Muley, Damian Kindler, and Alan McCullough. A little bit of useful information for you there. Enjoy the rest of the show. There's a little bit of talk about the gold, but it really has nothing to do with nothing in this one. <laughs> and, and that's okay, too, you know, just a little bit more refreshing. Because, like, they... I mean, I'm skipping episodes here, and and it's 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 a well packaged. Every episode is like standalone, and then you can you can still enjoy it. You don't have to know like all the details from the previous episodes, and and, and that's fine. That's great. That's for now, Wolf. Right. 
that's that that's this ep, this uh, series just getting started. Um, oh, I think okay. going forward, you're gonna need to know previous. There's, there's a main story that does happen. They've been ignoring it for the the past an episode. Know, I mean, they what they've had one main story episode with the Papas, and that was uh, the last one. I wouldn't even call it main. That was I wouldn't either. Story with Papas in it. Yeah. <laughs> They they they're still trying to get traction, and they haven't even touched on the main story yet. But it will become more. I mean, this this series goes for ten years. I couldn't believe it. Ten years, man. Back yeah. in those days, that's pretty good. That's a good run right there. I mean, unless you're The Simpsons, in which case you just live forever. Yeah. Well, you know, The Simpsons is a whole nother level there. <laughs> so, what network was this originally on? I'm I'm sorry, I I. Uh, it started on uh, on Showtime. It's it, it premiered on Showtime. That's where they got away with the uh, the lovely uh, nudity in the first episode. There, the pilot. Huh? Ah, I see. After Showtime, I believe it moved to Fox, and after Fox, I believe it moved to Sci Fi Channel. See, Fox oh. lived for what a day and a half, and then moved on. I'm I not don't... even sure, man. I, I I have not. I'm only going by what I remember back in the day. I haven't even done the research on this yet. So, oh, really? Kevin, let me let me get this right. So, you watched it from Showtime, and then and then they changed it, and then like you went, and then you went to Sci-Fi. That's correct. Wow. Good I, for I'll you. Way later. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it, it took me a while to get into it. I I. Honestly, I think Jeff has a, more of a history with this series than I do. Um, his brother was really into it, and I used to watch it back in the day, but then I kind of lost touch. But he had the whole DVD set. And wow. He was able to kind of get me back on track again, and then I could get, I got back current with, um, that was back when um, Atlantis was going at the same time as SG1. So it was pretty cool. For Atlantis. Wow, that's cool. Oh, so before I forget, I, in China or Hong Kong, where that's where I grew up, we don't really have sci-fi. It's really <laughs> surprising because, um, let me let me let me put it this way: you, you have comic books here in America. We have like martial art, you know, kung fu fighting, but they're comics, and and sci-fi. It, it would be more about more like. Mythology, like Greek, like you know, from like ancient Chinese time, like they, they know martial arts, and, and that's the sci-fi. Like they would have magic, right? Dragons, they have Asian dragons, but science-wise, because we're not a science-driven culture in in China, so there's there's zero exploration of space that didn't exist at all. So when I came here, I came here when I was eleven, and then Stargate, the movie, really caught me. Uh, by surprise, like, it was very entertaining. I, I loved that. And then from then on, I started watching a lot of sci-fi. But like, it's really interesting culturally. You talk to any Chinese people, there's not much science sci-fi when That's they grow up. Crazy, yeah. Especially <laughs> since I mean, China has a really prominent space program now. I mean, I think they're almost. I I get the idea that they're almost bigger than the U.S. No, they just recently went to the moon. Which yeah. is like they're like I don't know sixty years late, so that's why like for sixty years they didn't really explore the uh, the space, so it, it's really interesting. So now like 
I think China's catching up with sci-fi. So uh, there's a lot more in some more fantasy based, you know, like kung fu based, like sci-fi. Now it's more uh, 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 Korea too. Yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed. Um, Space Cowboy is it called Space Cowboy? Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one too. Yeah, you know, popular now. But back then, it's it's unheard of. That's that's really cool. I mean, yep. it's, Before it's I forget, unfortunate that that uh, that China was uh, on the dark side of sci-fi for so long. But I mean, they they certainly are making a, a giant push now. I mean, as far as the movies are concerned, anyways, you see, certainly see a lot of Chinese actors and actresses yep. uh, getting in on that. Yeah, I mean, America, like you awesome. got you guys had the moon landing like in the '60s, and then Star Trek. Well, when you think about it, like the moon yeah, landing really like kick-started. Together. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Cool Kevin. stuff, man. This is why we bring you in here for these awesome tangents. Yeah. That's why we do this for these awesome tangents, I thought. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and this is a lot of fun, guys. This is so much fun. Go ahead, Kevin. Glad you like it, man. Carter returns to the planet after they uh, figure out... The whole bit with uh, an organism is attacking the blood, and she finds O'Neill looks a lot older. I mean, he—I mean, he's uh, probably in his forties on average in the show, and now he looks like he's probably in his late sixties. Uh, he's got some more wrinkles, more receding hairline. I wouldn't know anything about that, but uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to brush over that. And uh, O'Neill has approximately two weeks to live, according to Carter. So O'Neill takes this information and he's like, okay, you all go back to Earth. You need to figure out what, what the answer is to this. I will stay here. Teok wants to stay with him. He says, no, you go back with the others. There's nothing you can do here other than just be company. And I'm just, I mean... Now I'm kind of going off my own here, but I think O'Neill just realizes he's going to be miserable company <laughs> while <laughs> they're trying to... Because he's already acting like a crotchety old man, so it's like... Listen, I'm jealous. I wish I could be that cranky one. You know, I'm his age at that point. <laughs> no, I'd be cranky too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the rest of the team goes back to the gate and O'Neill stays. O'Neill does a little bit of, uh, we'll say, soul searching. For what? It, all right. So, for whatever reason, they set up like this chair in in the uh, where the gate is. It was like it's, it's just like a chair. Yeah, you caught that. It was like Santa's chair with pillows and everything. It was, it was like so Santa's chair, totally. Best of like, very festive, and they just set up this chair, and O'Neill just sits in it like Santa. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, I really? You get to just sit there all day? That's what he does. I, I, I actually missed that part, but now you now you mentioned it. Like, yeah, I remember that. It's like, yeah, he was just just chi just chilling. He's you just know, chilling in the chair with all yeah, those just... little cushions at his feet. O'Neill, uh, I'm sorry, Carter has figured out the organisms are nanites. She has no idea how to do anything about them, but she knows that they are. She has figured out that uh, um, organisms, what is it? Live organisms reproduce and uh, machines replicate. And she has deduced that the nanites are replicating. 
that that was an important distinction because again yes. it's sci-fi so it's a building block of this as well correct old crotchety O'Neill he is talking to uh, Kinthea is that her name Kinthea Kinthea yes sir apparently when he ate that feather pizza that was a marriage cake <laughs> oh I'm sorry what <laughs> And after he ate it, he was supposed to be married to her. So, what do you mean? You didn't know? Come on. You it's a marriage cake. Pizza? Yeah, so they're married now. Uh, yeah, yeah, shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't <laughs> you tell me before I eat it? Well, he could have done worse. I mean, not a bad looking. Guys, guys, date rape. Let's totally <laughs> Is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> So O'Neill starts acting kind of irritated. And uh, Kinthea doesn't understand that people are supposed to live longer than 100 days. He's like, dude, there's 365 days in a year. There are some people that live 100 years. And that kind of throws her for a loop. Yep. But I don't think she's, I don't think she gets it at that point. She's no, just see, confused. Beyond her. Yeah. Continues to be angry, angry and depressed with the situation. Yeah, just a little bit, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> He's just frustrated. That's all. So the villagers they they accepted the truth much easier than O'Neill. The fact that um, they have a hundred days to live and that's just the way it is. It's a and, way of life. I mean, why wouldn't they accept it? It's been their way of life forever. And they believe that they make the most of their time. They've been rewarded. They're the chosen. Remember that. They're the chosen. And it's like you get a hundred good days. And that's that's what they do. And we can only imagine the the things that these people do over the hundred days. But I'm thinking that it's a lot of it is not doing scientific research to make their society better. They're just living it up. Oh, yeah. We, we know what they do. They showed it to O'Neill on the first night. They're hedonists. Oh, that's right. That's what they are. Hi, everybody. Future Kevin here again. Um, I noticed that we did talk about villagers were hedonists. However, we didn't describe what a hedonist was. A hedonist is a person who believes that the pursuit of pleasure is the most important thing in life. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the show, guys. And they also believe that O'Neill is wasting his time. They don't think that he's using his time the best way that he could. And he probably isn't. He's just really, he's pissed off and he's depressed. Uh, if you only had two weeks to live, I'd want a couple of days to contemplate my own existence as well. I, I don't see anything wrong with what he was doing. I don't either. And But at the same time, I can also see where a bunch of young people who maybe aren't as wise, I use that word really lightly, when you think about it, these people are days old. So we are extremely wise compared to them. That's true. That's 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 really hard to wrap your mind around. Like days, days versus you know years, decades. So. Took me years to learn how to talk. I'm not sure how they did it. In days, hours, yeah. probably. Yep, hours. That's right, hours. Oh, yep. it's uh, it's it's. It's, you know, just to get your head around. I think I would do the same thing if I, I found out, you know, I only got two two weeks to live, you know. It would change your entire outlook on your lifestyle. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's kind of beautiful from a, from a sci-fi, from a sci-fi episode. It it's like, 
It's like they don't have to worry about anything. They have a yep. hundred days of their entire life. That's it. And on one side, it's like, well, they're extremely free. They don't have anything to worry about. But on the other side, it's like they're super ignorant. They haven't really even lived life. They don't know. <laughs> they they don't know anything. Like you said, they're too busy enjoying the hundred days because that's what their God told them to do with it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All oh. right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick us back onto the track here. Wait, what um, were we talking about? All right. So we're back at the uh, SGC and Hammond wants to pull the plug on helping the Argosians. We're going to call them the Argosians. I've been calling them villagers, but they the planet is actually called Argo, so um, they are Argosians. You say so. I was calling them villagers as well. After the nanites almost escaped, they had a little incident there at the SGC where they were studying the nanites and the nanites decided to try and bust out of their uh, their containment. Um, Hammond is now of the idea that the risk is just too great. That if these things got out, I mean, obviously it would be extremely bad. Out into open Earth, everybody starts aging. All of a sudden, Earth, you know, hey, your average lifespan is 100 days. No, this would, this, that would be bad. Smartest decision they could have made right then and there was like, oh crap, this is a problem. One of our people's already screwed. Let's pull the plug. We haven't done that up until this point. Finally, some protocols have been put in place, apparently. Yeah, new <laughs> protocols? That's a good idea. We're not doing this, exactly. We're leaving Jack there. Sorry, pal. Daniel's not a big fan of that, but it is what it is. I did like Daniel Jackson when he obviously voiced his concern and complaint it was a typical daniel jackson moment it's really still standing with his character is what he's gonna do he's um, a good guy good out. guy. he doesn't want to leave anybody behind but uh he's not a realist he's more of a uh he's more of a scientist you know he's a scientist yeah he's a He's, he's not a huge fan of violence. He's only out there to find his wife to begin with. So he's, not, he's a scientist and he's a humanitarian. He wants to do the right thing. Yeah, he was shot down pretty hard on that one, though. Yes, he was. <laughs> I just wanted to mention it because it, as far as Daniel Jackson's character and how far he builds it, this will remain true with him. Yes, he never changes. He is. He doesn't. He doesn't ever sacrifice his values. He is pretty much the same for the next ten years. Good old Daniel Jackson. Yeah, he does get cooler. I will say that. Oh yeah, he turns into hot Daniel, but we won't get into that. <laughs> You're describing this hot Daniel, okay? Hot Daniel. I mean, that he loses the long hair. He gets the spiky thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> a little I less nerdy. Hot, but okay. Oh, you know what I mean. It's, just, it's like it's like uh, Harry Potter. This it's hot Neville. <laughs> All right. There's, that, that kid makes makes a huge change too. He goes from nerd to total friggin' awesome dude. <laughs> it's like right. Spider. It's like Spider Man. Spider Man. Tobey Maguire turned turned to the the bat. No. Tobey Maguire. No. No. It's <laughs> not like that, Wilson. That was the worst. <laughs> Which I, like 
Yeah. He's like walking down the sidewalk, like, hey, yeah, I'm the coolest. Yeah. No, no, that is not like this. <laughs> we'll see about that, Kevin. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Okay, right. go ahead. Moving on. Moving on. All right. We, we're almost here. O'Neill convinces the Argosians while uh, they're cut off from uh, Earth that um, this guy, uh, Pelops, Pelops. He's not good. He's not a good guy. He altered your uh, age with nanites so that you only lived 100 days. Um, he brought you. He only is here to study you. He doesn't care about you. And they start to believe him. And they pull down the statue. Break it good. Yeah. They break it good. They pull it right down. And everyone cheers. Happy day. At that point, O'Neill and Actually, Cynthia, everybody, everybody looked around like they were about to be struck by. Oh light. yeah, they thought that they were going to get nailed for that. Oh, they they weren't a hundred percent convinced until that moment when that statue came down and they were all still alive. Yep, they all were covering their heads. They were waiting for lightning to strike them. Never happened. O'Neill and Cynthia decide to go off by themselves outside the village. It's a beautiful beach. I can't believe they've never walked it before. Rule number one, you don't leave the village. I guess so. Pelops is number one law. Pelops number one law. That's that's it. Don't You don't leave the village. So they leave the village and they are out for late into the night and then all of a sudden they realize nobody, they're not asleep. They have not fallen asleep like no, everybody nice. normally does. Yeah. They got a nice campfire going and they were talking about, and that's I think this is where Wilson's thing comes up about if he was able to make love again. And I think so. I think he so. Says, uh, he says he'll probably just pass out anyways. And <laughs> I know, right? I just... <laughs> he's like, no, no, I don't think I'm done. And then he's like, ah, I'd probably just pass out anyway. The jokes are good, guys. The jokes are good. <laughs> like, I don't really know what that even means. Yeah. It's cheesy, right? These are these are cheesy like like TV two thousand jokes, but it's still fun. Oh yeah. MacGyver has all the jokes. Yes. I, oh. I watched it a million times and I still have fun with these. When they get back to the village and they uh, they're like, why why aren't we sleeping? They get back to the village, and it is past morning at that point, and everybody is still asleep in the village for whatever reason. The sun is up and everybody is still asleep. So Neil comes up with with the awesome idea. What has changed? The only thing that's changed is we pulled down the statue. So they go to look at the statue statue has a electronic device in the bottom of it they deduce this electronic device has been sending out frequencies and putting people to sleep and waking them up for the past you know their lives that's um that's that's a classic o'neill being smarter than he acts i know right yes again o'neill discovered this device and he deduced it all by himself like this is where it should be i, I mean he's not a scientist 
he should he be the lot, destiny six he acts a lot dumber than he actually is and this is just one of those moments that proves it you could actually see it working in his head it's like okay what changed and he did, went from there so they found out that this device is actually what activates the nanites once they disabled it the nanites weren't a problem anymore apparently uh the culture of uh on the planet is going to go back to a normal life pattern one would hope they're going to live more than 100 days from now on and o'neill's going to go back to normal and o'neill's going to go back to normal there were a lot two weeks there were a lot of great jokes um, yeah, no, no more two weeks. Now that they've eliminated the device, O'Neill's gonna live a normal life. He does have some great jokes before he does realize that. Where it's like, well, what are you gonna do? Well, I guess I'm just gonna move to Florida. I was oh, really yeah, or just some shuffleboard with the boys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, good stuff there. He makes it before he finds out that he's going to be all right. He's like, oh, no, I figured it out. And we won't mention the prostate problem. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember now. I don't uh, want to talk about <laughs> bad other than the prostate issues. But, you know, let's not talk about it. <laughs> no, we won't talk about that. That whole last five minutes was full of good jokes. <laughs> yes, it was. So, yeah, O'Neill just says goodbye to Kinthia. That's about the end of the episode. Yeah, they kind of just cut it short. But they were done with it. There was no debrief or anything. That was it. They figured out, you know, the thing at the bottom of the statue fixed everything. So you get rid of that and everybody's good. Hey, you forgot that uh, she, she, the, the woman asked O'Neill about uh, his ex-wife. Like, are you still in love with your ex-wife? Yes. He did. I, I, I guess I, I didn't touch on that. I'm not did sure it, what that was even in the episode. It was. It was. It, there was a part in the episode where he started writing to Sarah on a notepad, and then he gave up. And then there was also a part where he, she was asking him about, you know, if are you, do you still love your your wife or whatever? And then he didn't say anything, and she's like, I've kind of ruined that for you now, haven't I? And he didn't say anything again. Again, I, I can't figure out why any of that was in the episode at all. It had no bearing on it. It didn't. And that's kind of why I didn't bring it up, Wilson. I guess somebody who wanted to keep an, an objective viewpoint probably would have brought it up. But I know that Sarah is not going to be a big deal going forward. So I kind of was like, oh, it's not really a big deal. El Neil gotcha. doesn't get back with Sarah. Yeah. You're right. Kind of, it was one of those things they left open just in case, you know, they could revisit it. Yeah, I think, yeah, just uh, just in case, you know, leave it like a open-ended. You're right, exactly. though. As, as a new watcher, which I haven't been for a very long time now, that might have been important in the back of my head. Yep. I mean, it's like, well, they could always bring it back and maybe O'Neill gets back with Sarah and... Uh, if he ever has to leave the series, that's a good that's a good out for him. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Go figure. Didn't happen though. O'Neill was with it till he couldn't be with it anymore. <laughs> All right.
so now that we have reached the end, I believe we have reached that all-important, awesome segment that is so much fun. So near and dear to your heart. So near and dear to my heart. And that segment would be, who the <laughs> fuck was that? What? Yeah, what you segment is this? <laughs> you heard him. This is the segment where we go ahead and try to take somebody who is in the episode and maybe it was somebody who got famous through other TV series, movies, video games, who knows. But it's somebody who has been in something else. And if you were looking at them in this episode, we're going to tell you what else they were in. Oh, this is like nice. I like that. There's usually more options, but go ahead, Kev. Well, there weren't a whole lot of options because typically we try to do the guest stars of uh, whatever SG1 episode that we're doing. We had a couple of guest stars in this SG1 episode, but I didn't feel like they were very prominent. So I have decided to do one of our regulars on the series instead. And that regular would be Don Davis. Love that guy. He plays General Hammond. Oh, okay. And yeah. he has been in so many series. We'll begin with one of my favorites, the original MacGyver. Get Don out. Davis. Oh, yeah. wow. But everybody on this list has been in MacGyver, just so you know, Wilson. Okay. So a lot of SG-1 Wilson was filmed in um, British Columbia. Yep. And it's kind of, this is a... a this is a reason why we have kind of a running joke with, well, you know, a lot of the planets are forest planets. They look we a lot like Canada. Oh. <laughs> so that's why, a lot that's of why Jeff was, brought it up. That's why he brought it up. And that's why we, we always bring it up because, well, a lot of it was filmed in British Columbia. So if it doesn't look like British Columbia, we are quick to point it out. <laughs> this looks like Arizona, this desert. And MacGyver was also filmed in the same area. Therefore, a lot of the same actors from MacGyver are going to float over to Stargate SG-1. Yep. Not just Richard and Dean Anderson. In the beginning, yep. anyways, you're absolutely right. All right, so now that we're done talking about that, um, Don Davis was also in 21 Jump Street. Yep. He was in oh, Twin we... Peaks. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he was in, he was yeah. in the X-Files. Uh, the New Outer Limits. Uh, he was also in the movies. He was in The Fan um, with uh, Wesley Snipes and uh, Robert De Niro. That's it. Oh, he was there with us. All right. So, yes, Robert De Niro. Um, another movie, A League of Their Own. Yes. That's a big favorite of mine. I, 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 I love that movie. I, I love that movie, too. Um, and Con Air. He has yeah. a nice, nice little appearance that, in that. That was a He was only in one scene, and yep. it was my body dropped on his car, I believe. That's exactly right. I, I was hoping you were going to get that one. He was also in the uh, TV show Psych for the first episode. Psych, that's one of your favorites. I know that's that. One of my favorites, yep. So I got to bring that up. He, he was an amazing actor. <laughs> he was. He wow. Was, he was well Is done. This is he still alive? Uh, unfortunately, no, Wilson. He died in 2008. 
um, actually when Stargate SG-1 was still going. Oh, no. Heart attack. Why, he didn't have a job anymore? Hmm. Honestly, I don't know the details of his death. Yep. I yep. do know. But that's it. fine. It was a yeah. sudden thing. Oh, um, no. So they, the last two years of SG-1 was um, another another general. Wow. He, is, he's a, he was a great actor. All those movies, all those TV shows. Oh, yep. that was just a fraction of them, too. Yep. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's what I see that that got a lot of popularity. Like like um, Jeff said, he's been in way more. I just I picked the most popular ones. That's all. Glad yep. you caught on air because he did not have a big role in that. But he I didn't. Thought... But I remember him from that. That's why I, I wanted to point that out. Yep. I was gonna do the same. So I believe we actually have uh, reached the end of the episode here. Good job, Kate. Hey, nice thanks job, for uh, thanks for coming on, Wilson. No, this yeah, was, was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So we, we appreciate you coming on. This was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good times. Um, uh, if any, I appreciate uh, all our listeners, and uh, I'll remind them one more time uh, that we do have a Facebook page, SG Debrief. You know, look it up. It's a page. Please comment. Give us a little bit of feedback. Let us know if we you like what we're doing. If you don't like what we're doing, if you think we're a bunch of D-bags, that's fine. I don't mind. I can take the bad stuff, too. But, it's all uh, right. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. And thank you, Wilson and Jeff. It was. I think it was a great episode. I had a good time. Yep. Wilson, we got to have you back. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah. I'll we'll have do you it. back. Absolutely. Who knows when the next guest host will appear. Yep. <laughs> All um, right, guys. Have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Okay. Enjoy the evening, guys. <laughs>